Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the 4114 Site Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network. This is Justin Watry, and we are back for round two. And yes, I said we. I have a guest host here, so introduce yourself, sir. Hey, it's uh, Matt Moore, a.k.a. Mr. Matty Moses, with the run-in on this podcast today. Just trying to shake things up a little bit, you know. Had a couple things you wanted to talk about. Justin, I saw you tweet something out earlier about, you know, everyone's favorite finishing moves here. What are your favorites? And, you know, why don't you lead us off? Absolutely. I plan to do that. But first, I am going to get to everyone on Twitter and what they said, what their finishing moves are. So what we're about to do here is count down my favorite top 10 finishers and then yours as well. All right. And before I do that, I would like to mention that the 411 Podcast Network is on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, YouTube. And please, please, please rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. Give us those good reviews, folks. You know we like that stuff. So first over on Twitter, we see uh, Mr. Lightbulb Man. He's got a bright idea. He says <laughs> the RKO. Okay. Um, okay. Man by the name of M. Kurt Nine Matthew, it says, is the Stone Cold Stunner. Can't go wrong there. Stunner, sure, sure. Dustin says the Million Dollar Dream. Everybody does have a price. So then, Grievance Committee, the Orndorff Pile Driver, always infamous there. Sure. Derek Rosenbauer, Mr. Rosen with the run in. Hmm. He says uh, the Famouser, the Famer. Oh, okay, okay. Nice. That had an um, honorable mention on my list. Yes, actually, uh, I have some honorable mentions, but that is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Somebody name of Noah Watry. Does anyone know this guy? <laughs> no. He uh, all he sends is a GIF or GIF or however you want to pronounce it of Jeff Hardy Swanton Bomb. Can't go wrong there. That's a good one. Okay. Okay. And we have another one for RKO. So obviously a popular one there. And believe it or not, RKO is not in my top ten. But Ooh. we will get a number ten first. Okay. And believe it or not, it goes back to Noah, my brother. Yeah. My number 10 is the Swanton Bomb from Jeff Hardy. Okay. Good one. It's a good one. Just a quick little story. I have a little story behind each one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So growing up, obviously he was the older brother. So whenever I wanted to do moves, it was either with a pillow or a stuffed animal or something. And (laughs) whenever he wanted to do moves, he uh, used me. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So all I always remember as a kid is him either going on top of a couch or on top of a, you know, not balcony, but something, a cabinet, whatever it was. Sure. Basically telling me to lay there and don't move. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Siblings, that's what they're for. Practice. Right. And most of the time I didn't move and I was fine. Other times I'd put my elbows up perfectly on his neck. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's what siblings are for. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So number 10 for me is Swanton Bomb. How about you? Okay, I like Swanton Bomb. That did make my list a little bit later on, just mostly because of the memories, the impact cool. it's had you know, through TLCs. But my number 10 was the Super Kick, or specifically Sweet Chin Music. You know, nice. To give it a little a little history, too, you know, is just from us doing it in the backyard, wrestling and so on, just watching the way you and Noah would give each other Sweet Chin Music. It was just, like, so brutal. And you had the timing down just perfectly, and I was always afraid to take it. I I still don't take them well to this day. I think we, <laughs> I think we had to write it out of the NRW match because I'm just so bad at taking it. I think yeah, I was going to be doing the walls of Jericho at some point, or the or the Lion Tamer, and then one of you guys was going to give me sweet chin music. And thankfully, we wrote that out of there. That might make the next match, but 
I'm just not ready for right. that yet. <laughs> that, that is also on my list, but a little ways down. Okay. But I would like to point out that I did actually rewatch the NRW match to get ready for this, and oh. I I okay. actually took the sweet chin music. <laughs> okay, okay, it's still in there. That's good. I'm glad it's still, it in still in there. It was after we gave you a uh, double superplex, and I turned around expecting a partnership. Instead, I got a kick in the face. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. All right, Brothers. so I'm going to uh, my number uh, number nine, which also uh, we used to do in the good old days. It is a tag team move, and it is the three. Oh, see, okay, okay, yep. And it's just uh, the Dudley boys. You can't really go wrong with them. No. Especially with the 3D, through a table, in the ring, a run-in, whatever. It doesn't matter. 3D's yeah. off. Awesome. It's just so. perfect. That's It's on my list, too. I think we have uh, – it's, it's higher up on my list. I'll put a little. I'll put a little asterisk by it. But yeah, three D. Yeah, you just can't go wrong with it. That the teamwork, the impact. Yeah, the way it just totally shifts momentum of a match. No, that was yeah. a really good one. A lot of fun. I loved it because there was actually a story about it. It was something like fifteen or twenty years where actually nobody had ever kicked out of the three D. Okay. So it also was obviously impactful and work. So how about your number nine? My number nine was this one. Just a choke slam. You know, okay. like whether it was Big Show, Kane. I, I wanted to have it on the list because just, I don't know, it's one of those moves that it isn't it isn't too over the top. You know, like where like a lot yeah. of coordination, but you are still working with the other person to really make it impactful. But yeah, I had to have yeah. a choke slam on there. Yeah, that works. And I, I've told this story before, but actually uh, Big Show choke slamming Undertaker through the ring is basically what got me hooked as a fan. Okay. It was on Raw in 1999, and, you know, Big Show all night had promised he was going to send Undertaker to H-E double hockey stick and sure. kept promising it all night. And then sure enough, during the match, he did it. And, you know, I'd always paid attention and kind of grew up on wrestling, but right. when that happened, and I was like, I'm watching Raw every single week, and that was it for me. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. That's kind of cool to hear. Number eight for me is uh, one you're probably going to love. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a duo, but uh, the Spear Jackhammer. Oh, okay. Okay. And obviously, uh, a lot of people have used it and done variations of it, but nothing's yeah. better when Goldberg does it. Yeah, exactly. And just because I'm a huge Goldberg fan, definitely a mark for Goldberg is uh, the honorable mention I had for a spear. And then it's pretty high up on my list here for the jackhammer. So, yeah. I, <laughs> well, it's just, it was so great. I mean, it was part of his, his big run, you know, in yeah. WCW, that big push. It was just like, it was you just know. The- to do i mean the, the guy may not have been trained very well but he was a football player and what do they do they run into each other so it's a spear jackhammer pin one two three yeah it's perfect i i honestly remember seeing his first match against the guy it was something he had all the question marks on his outfit <laughs> hugh morris hugh morris thank you hugh morris i get it ha, okay so um, yeah <laughs> cool that's uh, that's kind of clever i'll get it no i i remember that that you know because that was like the first of it being over like that fast that hugh morris was kind of a bigger guy considering yeah and you know so it was like a this feat of strength you know this guy coming in through like you know you were just like taken back like oh my gosh like wow he just ran that guy over like wow the match is over already like that was really cool to see and that's that's probably one of the moments. I mean, that's where I fell in love with Goldberg. But yeah, it t- took a little bit more, you know, harder look at wrestling, and it d- definitely emulated him through our backyard experiences. <laughs> right, it but, fit the character, it fit the person, and it fit the time for sure. Yes, absolutely. My eighth one is uh, Pedigree. Oh, I go with nice. the Pedigree. Okay, nothing I, uh... like it. Just totally sets it up, like hooking hooking up both, you know, each arm like that, like, you know, and, you know, even when he doesn't get off the pedigree or gets reversed, but like just that moment of like 
having the person there with their arms locked, you know, and like, and I, and that one kind of took on, it was, it used to be at first, it seemed very rigid. Like it almost seemed like people weren't sure how to take it when you see some of those first pedigrees. Yes, exactly. You know, but like you, you see it get better and better over time. And yeah, but that's, that was my eighth one. I don't know if that sparks right. any memories for you or not. Or It does, but I uh, will save that when I have the pedigree on my list. Oh, okay. So okay. I'm going to my number seven, and it's actually, I believe, the only submission move on my list. It's not that I hate submission matches, but, you know, high-impactful moves are kind of better in my mind. Yeah. So I'm going to keep it short and simple. It's the ankle lock. Okay, and okay. I'm going to go with the Kurt Angle one. It's just super cool every time he pulls down the straps, and it's like, let's get down to business and breaks the guy's ankle. <laughs> For sure. The the straps, like pulling off the straps, totally made it that much more impactful. Yeah, you the, the singlet coming down, the Olympic, I mean, it's just perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good match. Because I know Ken Shamrock had it, right, the ankle lock? Yes, a lot of people have had it, and sure. I think Kurt Angle is still the best, who actually on Monday night announced his final match will be at this year's WrestleMania. Okay. Which, to go on a little tangent here, you know, he, he's kind of been winding down for a while. He did the thing last year at WrestleMania, if you remember, with him and Rousey versus Triple H sure. and Stephanie. That was sure. my match of the year, and I enjoyed it, but, you know, he's obviously... I think almost like 50. So it, the only question really is who's going to be his final opponent. Yeah. That was not named. A lot of people are thinking, is it going to be a new guy to kind of retire him? Or is it going to be a classic feud like Undertaker or John Cena or sure. something? But I guess we'll see. What is uh, your number seven? My number seven is the Crippler Crossface. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to skip this. <laughs> okay. So we did not go through these lists beforehand. This is this is not rehearsed. This is off right. script. I it's, am going to mention one that you just had. My number six is the pedigree. So my little story, of course, is you know whenever we did our matches, is usually me taking the pedigree. Sure. And I like to kind of jump and go flying with it. Oh yeah. And little insight on our NRW match, we actually did a little run through on it one time. I think it was uh the Monday before. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm pretty sure it was then, or maybe it was before, but either way, I, I got a kind of a bloody nose. From <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Was it? I, that's right. That's I right. got a little uh, red, started bleeding a little bit, and, you know, it wasn't much. It was whatever, but yeah. I agree. I love to jump into it and flail my arms and pretty much take it full force. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, man, you sell. You sell those moves so well through that match he definitely makes it believable we will definitely be bringing that back and stepping it up a little bit no actually right. had some rumblings of a of a sequel so we'll see oh <laughs> the return the return yeah yeah next for me was the walls of jericho okay okay i totally forgot that one that was my bad that should probably be on my list that's one of my favorite ones to do, you know, when, when we're when we're scrapping or whatever, and just you know, seeing it, it's just it, you, the way they can catch the guys off guard with it, or the way yeah. they incorporate it, like it's it it can be a spur of the moment, like it just catches people. And Jericho's so agile, it's just kind of just you know art when he does it. I, I love that because anytime I may not be the submission kind of guy or whatever, but I do love the fact that a lot of the submission moves can you know kind of come out of nowhere and then catch you, and then all of a sudden you're screwed. Yeah, and that always works 
perfectly. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that one. But I'm going to move on to my number five. Okay, let's hear it. I have a quick little backstory, of course. But All right, of course. It is the <laughs> Batista bomb. All right. Know, of course, Batista's back for, you know, maybe even his last match at Mania. He's doing a little feud with Triple H, which he actually had talked about for years. He kept saying while he was in the Bond movies and Guardians of the Galaxy. In every interview, he said, yeah, at some point he's going to come back. And he said he wants to end it against Triple H. And oh, sure. sure enough, here we are, because obviously they're an evolution, the mentor, the whole story with that. So it's kind of cool that he's pretty much getting what he wants. And I don't know if he's going to win or lose or whatever, but, you know, he's back because he wants to. It's not money or anything like that. He clearly has the fame and all these roles now. So it's kind of cool that he is coming back and kind of doing what he wants. And right. he's going to go out on his terms. So I always love the Batista bomb. And my little story is, Matt, you'll know this, but Dale. <laughs> sure, sure. Dale. So obviously, as I mentioned earlier, I was always the younger brother, and I was the one who got thrown around, but Dale was more my size growing up. And one of the things I always wanted to do was Batista bomb him, which is basically, you know, you pick him up for a power bomb, and then you sit down with it. So it's like a sit down, sit out okay. Batista bomb. Sure. And can never really get it. You know, you always got to time it like when the other person jumps, and then you got to hold on to them in case they flip over. Right. So we did it a million times. It never looked good. And then one time during a match, just out of the blue, I did it. And I probably rewatched it like a thousand times because it was just (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So I always loved it. How about your number five? My number five was the Swanton Bomb. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so it it made it up higher up in the in the list for me. But yeah, definitely definitely all those memories from our, our first TLC match to uh, yes. <laughs> you know where we made it with nrw or like you said just basically having noah to flip off of any any elevated surface at that point right like anything it, that was yeah taller than where we were whether it was like an end table or a, and was, i think it's awesome because you know is quote-unquote is far up as he would always get then sure. you see it on tv and then you have that newfound appreciation like okay when we were doing it, Noah may have been, you know, a couple feet, five feet, 10 feet, whatever it was up. And then you see Jeff Hardy actually on TV, actually climbing a 20 foot ladder and jumping off through a table. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely see him put his body on the line so many different times. And then, yeah, like I even thought for our, our TLC match with if you take me me on the table laying down and then Noah being on, on a ladder like that, it's basically, you know, yeah, a lot it's of grace. It's a graceful it's move, you special. know. Yeah. Yeah. So. So we mentioned this NRW match a lot. Why don't uh, you tell everybody where you can find that NRW match on YouTube? Oh, sure, yeah. I've got it on my YouTube channel. If you look up Mr. Matty Moses, you'll find it. You know, NRW, The Return, a couple different different ways to look it up. But, yeah, we took yeah. some time, edited it. Uh, there's two versions, one with commentary, one without. I recommend the one with commentary. I don't think <laughs> I pulled down the other one yet just because my, my ego gets in the way and I like seeing all those views. <laughs> oh, right. But, uh, exactly. I, I like the original one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, a, that was a lot of fun. Since we're doing some plugs, I will remind everybody that you are listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We are on TuneIn. We are on YouTube. And please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. You know we love that. So my number four finisher of all time, you mentioned it earlier, Sweet Chin Music, Shawn Michaels. Oof, yeah, 
Yeah, it's a good one. It's just an easy one. It's um, I don't want to say been devalued, but you know, pretty much everyone now does some sort of kick or a spinning kick or even a DDT. There's a reverse DDT. There's a flying reverse DDT. There's just a million versions of it. So the sweet chin music maybe is kind of like an old school finisher, but when yeah. Shawn delivered it, nobody did it better. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. My my next one is uh, 3D. Okay. 3D, yeah. So like, we, we did kind of talk about that one too. I mean, just the timing involved from, from all the times we did it, practicing right. it over and over again. And like that t- timing is everything and that's, you know, going to sound obvious. But what really sells it and makes it as impactful is just the timing. Exactly. That, that coordination, right? Yeah. Yeah, with Devon and then Bubba, I'm, I'm kind of glad. Um, a lot of people think they're overrated because they, they actually do believe that they are the greatest tag team of all time. Sure. And based on just titles alone, they are. But I'm just saying that I'm glad that they did get their uh, Hall of Fame induction. I believe it was last year or the year before. And they did kind of get one last run. They came back in 2015 for one year and kind of just almost did like a greatest hits tour. So That's cool. Man, that, int- I- that intro theme, when they changed it to that that bomb like dropping you know yes like oh that was yeah that got me going too like between between goldberg and and the dudleys yeah i mean those are good times for wrestling yeah it's good it's all fits in the presentation and like i said they got to the hall of fame and it, it was more than the titles you know it's more than just the 3d finisher it's more than the music it's just putting everything together to make it fit that's what makes it yeah, absolutely. So my number three is the F5 from Brock Lesnar. Okay, nice. <laughs> I think uh, you would know more about that because, uh, as usual, I was the one taking it, but more back to Brock Lesnar doing it. Um, you know, there's just some epic ones. I mean, you think of the, I mean, in the Royal Rumble, he would literally just throw people over the ring with an F5. I mean, you can see him. He does it to Big Show. He's hit it on Braun Strowman these days. Oh, yeah. And a few weeks ago, um, he's the champ, so he's facing the Rumble winner, which was Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Uh, Seth Rollins came out. He pretty much he gave him an F5, but added like an extra rotation in the air. Oh, my God. So when he landed, Rollins was not like the same perpendicular with his body <laughs> or parallel. I mean, he was like oh another rotation around and then pretty much just bounced off. Oh, my gosh. So even nowadays, he's still nailing that F5, and I love it. What is your number three? My number three is the jackhammer. Uh, yeah, I thought that'd be number one. I know. I Well, when you hear number one, it'll, you know, it, no, my number one is, is going to be a lot of people's number one. But the, yeah, I have the, a fear it's the same as mine. <laughs> I, I Probably. Um, Remember, we did not talk about. This. We did not. This is all. We had the jackhammer. We talked about it. You know, one of those really good power man power moves. Yes, you know. and I can attest uh, to it. It does hurt absolutely. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we, <laughs> we we talked about having that one in the NRW match, but yeah, I I don't have it anymore in me. <laughs> not yet. I need an exercise. Whether through a table or on the grass, that one oh, hurts. Yeah. Speaking of hurts, <laughs> my number two is you know. I think a few years ago, WWE actually did a DVD with their top 50 finishers. And I believe number one and two were Sweet Chin Music and The Tombstone. Okay. My number two is The Tombstone. The Tombstone, yeah. And like a lot of these, I do have a little backstory. And this is where I become a hypocrite and say, folks, do not try this at home because (laughs) I believe it was you. You were, I think you were standing either on our sandbox or something when we were younger. Yep, the sandbox. And oh my gosh. And somebody got the bright idea. 
to basically do a jumping tombstone. <laughs> so usually you would just drop to your knees and I'd be fine. But somebody thought you should stand up on the sandbox and, you know, whether it's a few inches or a foot or however high it is, yeah. then yeah. jump in the air. Land on your knees as you're somehow holding me upside down. <laughs> Needless to say, oh this God. was not a good idea. No. That was, and yeah. somewhere in the air, your sense or God or some sense came to you because you quick put your foot down and not only saved your knees, you saved my neck and probably my life. Oh, man. <laughs> so it was yeah. sloppy and looked horrible. And honestly, though, it doesn't matter because that could have ended very badly. But somewhere along the line, you thought, why am I jumping and landing straight on my knees as this guy's head is going to go pile drive right into the ground? So, yeah, yeah definitely. Either way, forget my experience. It's all about the Undertaker doing it. Other people have done it, but, you know, the Undertaker. And it, it's just so impactful that when Shawn Michaels did kick out of it and they're probably my greatest match of all time at WrestleMania 25 in Texas when he hit it and Shawn Michaels kicked out and people actually thought the streak was going to end right then and there. He kicked out and the look on Undertaker's face, the look on the fan's face and JR just screaming out of his mind. Hmm. It, it meant that much because for 20 years when he hit it, it was over. Sure. So he hit it at WrestleMania and then someone kicked out and it meant that much that that was the reaction you got. It was 20 years in the making for that one reaction, someone kicking out of it. It meant that much. Oh, that's a really good one. And the tombstone did make the honorable mention for me because I had choke slam and part of me wanted to put tombstone, you know, just the the different variations of the choke slam is what kind of edged it out for me. But yeah, the tombstone, you you can't deny it. And like, it just fit perfectly. uh, It fit perfectly with the undertaker. And it still made sense when Kane did it. It didn't feel it didn't feel no. any less. I was gonna say your choke slam list. Don't forget the hurricane also used the choke slam. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. I am very curious to know your number two because I'm assuming our number ones may be the same. So I, what is your number I, I two? I feel like they might be. My number two is the F five. I didn't want to oh, steal your thunder, oh, but oh, but the okay. the F five like. What I like about the F5, and this isn't going to be a dig on, on Cena, but it's not to take away from the attitude adjustment, but the F5 is that rotation, like spinning that, you know, like yeah. getting him, lifting him over your hat, you know, like it, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, just to mostly compliment the move itself, the F5, yeah, I really definitely it, like one of those perfect strongman moves, big guy, right. powerful, like, you know, even... Even trying to, to hit it on, on Noah, you know, like felt impactful, like just getting them that oomph, like get them up and over. And then, you know, you guys, you know, you're, you're falling from however high the person is, right? right? So, you know, it's like yep. whether it's six feet or whether it's, you know, you, you took a really good F5 in that NRW match. Just keep talking about I, that. <laughs> like, exactly. Keep plugging it. I think the... <laughs> I think the best part is, like you said, it, it. I mean, I remember one he hit on A Train, which was also known as Prince Albert. Sure. But he hit an A Train, and he did go for that extra rotation, and he pretty much dropped him on his head. You can see it, it is a straight down on his head. And then you see him, he tried it, I want to say it was either a few weeks before or a few weeks after on Shannon Moore, who was at the time, I think, teaming with Matt Hardy when he was doing his version, version one gimmick or whatever. And, sure. and he did the exact same thing, but that time he completely, you know, threw him and it was great. So he could hit it on everybody. And like I said, even today, he's hitting it on Braun Strowman, who's obviously a monster. And then Big Show and Mark Henry, actually, he could hit 
pretty easily on, which is very surprising. Jeez, yeah. So before I get to my number one, I'm going to run down a few of my honorable mentions. And then you can name also when I'm done with my honorable mentions. I'm going to mention the test big boot. All right. That's a good one. I thought was always the best with the, again, everyone kind of has their own version of a kick or whatever, but the way Tess would just completely run into you, I'm thinking of WrestleMania 17 against Eddie Guerrero. He just completely kicked his head off. Sure. Um, Sure. One that, of course, we used was Christian, the unprettier. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And that one's, I like that one because it's unique. Yes. I, I I love the uniqueness of it, and you know Christian may not have always been winning matches, but he eventually did get his world title run. He ended up getting in the main event, and you know he's one that people call for every year in the you know deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So I think he'll get it at some point. And the unprettier was just something that added to it. Speaking of adding to it, I'm going to also name the people's elbow that added immensely to the Rock's act. That was a good one. That was a good one. And you mentioned. Well, if the, I'll, I'll put a little side note here because you mentioned about champions. We should talk about that a little bit later too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, people's elbow, that was a good one. I wanted it to be my number 10, but I I, I like it for what it is, right? Gets the crowd in there. It's kind of like really builds yeah. up this tension and it's basically a punctuation, right? It, he already has done the rock bottom. You set it up, you go on. So that is yeah, a pretty I'm, good uh, one. I'm probably going to have to steal that because that's a good line. It is. It was kind of like the exclamation point on it because a lot of times it'd either be a spine buster or he'd already have the match won with a rock bottom, but he would just do it to do it. Sure. And, you know, it reminds me of almost like the worm. It wasn't the move. It was obviously to get the crowd and basically let everyone in on what's going on. Yeah. Or um, Road Dog and the punches, right? The yep. punches and yep. the dance. Like, there are a couple of moves like that, too, you know? Or um, the Dudley Boys and the the what's up, right? They do the little... Oh, yeah. The headbutt to the groin. <laughs> you know, so, like, now it's, gosh, if, if you sit and think about all the different ones, right? That kind of, that pause builds up that tension. And then there's yeah, that, that release, you know, gets the crowd in there. That kind of fits my next two honorable mentions was the Hulk Hogan leg drop. Again, okay. it's just leg drop, but he does the big boot and then he poses and does the ear cuff with the hand for, sure. you know, five minutes and then finally drops the big leg. And, you know, it's a leg drop, but it meant so much more when Hogan did it. Yeah, definitely. Especially, yeah, you got this yeah big beefy guy dropping his leg on you. <laughs> Right, and it's funny because he's had like 10 hip replacements, and he's like, well, if I would have known that then, I would have had my finisher as a sleeper hold. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) And then my last honorable mention, which was mentioned on Twitter, and maybe I should have this in my top 10, but the RKO. Just the whole memes of RKO out of nowhere. He literally can hit it out of nowhere, whether the guy's flying from the top rope, whether he's from bottom, whether it's a reversal, like WrestleMania 21 with The Undertaker, a chokeslam in the air, and he caught him with a RKO, which completely lost the mind of everyone because they thought the streak was going to end there. Right. And then even on Sunday, Elias is out there singing his concert, doing his usual crap. (laughs) And then who comes out of nowhere? Randy Orton, RKO out of nowhere. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So how about some of your honorable mentions? Well, now here's one I'm surprised that isn't on your list, but I understand is, um, mankind the the mandible the claw or sock you know not socko yeah. but like when he was mankind you know more like that i actually uh thought of socko i left it out because i just like these a lot more and like you said more of the impactfulness you yeah know, there was no like big build-up or f5 or anything you know it's just the mandible claw right right i totally get that with that one the spear the honorable mentions yeah rko or diamond cutter a couple ones you know we mentioned the famouser but I, I also wanted to – I like the X-Factor. Like I a, thought of that one too. <laughs> the X-Factor. Um, Sky High, D 
D'Lo Brown. Oh right? yeah, like, I, I thought him. I thought that was a great one. Like that that movement, he'd pivot, like he'd get them up there. You know, like you know, he wasn't. Yeah. You, you didn't see it all that that often, but it was it was unique. You know, and the and this uh, the low down, it was right low down, and then the sky high where he'd do. It was he'd, perfect, he'd and I always. I always liked D'Lo. He was, you know, yeah. European champion, and he's in the nation and stuff. But I always liked him. Yeah, I, I think I ended up with a couple of his moves in the video games that way. Um, the Dominator—that was the one. While we were talking, I thought of it, like the oh, Dominator, gosh. like Farouk, like just I saw, like I'd watch some of the highlights, you know, or just like how hard him and um, him and Bradshaw, like those guys, did not look like they would hold back at all or like uh, you yeah, hear the JBL stories about, with the clothesline oh my gosh yeah like some of that like just looked so brutal you know and, and between those guys and like hardcore holly like ah uh, i i mean they really looked like they just laid into people really made you pay your dues or take your butt you know what did you call it but it was just yeah it was uh, apa and hardcore holly they were kind of like the uh gatekeepers in the back so if sure. you had a issue going on and you're in a match with them you should probably watch out <laughs> yeah i believe and it I, I, believe I believe it was Armageddon 99 i'm not sure if i'm quoting this one right but um i think it was apa oh no no it was no way out 2000 and apa had just come out i think it was hardy's versus edge and christian and hardy's lost and they were laying there and apa just came out because they were out there for some other reason and Farouk got up Jeff Hardy for a dominator. And I don't know if Jeff Hardy was tired or wasn't jumping or didn't help him or whatever. And he was just kind of flailing there upside <laughs> down, not getting the full rotation. And he was just kind of laying on Farouk's shoulder. And Farouk either just said, screw it or something, and then pretty much just delivered the dominator on his head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've, I've seen that clip. And that is just so brutal. Yeah, it does make you wonder all the behind the scenes to that, but that's right because they were the acolytes, and then the the APA was like one of the bigger runs. Right. Yeah, that was that was a pretty cool. I don't want to say gimmick, but that was a pretty cool. No, it was perfect because that's pretty much what they were were beer drinkers, and I think it was Vince or someone just came up to him one day and were just like, you know, because the whole Undertaker Ministry thing was done, and that's what they were in. Yeah. And like you know you guys are fun and everyone likes going out with the with you two at the bars each night so it's like why don't we put that on tv and then you can just be yourself and then sure enough like they would just sit in the back and have that little door which <laughs> and then <laughs> beer and play poker and yeah. like they didn't hurt their bodies or anything and they probably got more popular that way than in the ring yeah that's uh it's interesting too because i think that's in wrestlemania 2000 right or no mercy yeah, games, so it's always games, yeah. funny how that stuff kind of works out, which leads me to my number one. Okay. And I'm going to guess it's the same should as we, your number should one. Should we say it at the same time? Because probably it's the same thing. Uh, sure. Do you want to just say okay. the move or the guy and then the move? The, we'll say the guy and the move, the whole thing. All right. Three, okay. two, two, one. one. The Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Stunner. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so obviously Stone Cold Stunner. Yes. I, I was tempted to go with Tombstone and F5, you know, because those were my top three. But is there anything better than a Stunner? There isn't. There is. And, like, as much as I like the RKO and the fluidness of it, like you're saying, it can come out of nowhere. I think the Stunner is just, like, it takes it to that next level. You got to get that kick. You know, it, it's, it still felt like it could come out of anywhere. You yeah. know, like it, like he could just do it anywhere. I think that's what, 
what makes it so great. And just like, yeah. I agree. Honestly, we don't have a whole lot to discuss with the stunner. It's Stone Cold. I mean, Stone Cold Stunner, you've seen the memes, you've seen all the jokes, you've seen all the videos. I mean, the rock flying everywhere or you know, reversing <laughs> the sweet chin music at WrestleMania in 98 with Tyson as the ref winning the title. Yeah. I mean, we could list all the stunners in the world. Any uh, thoughts on uh, the stunner before we move on? No, I, I think that pretty much sums it up. I, I, what I thought was great is that even when we would just mess around in the backyard, that everyone could do it. You know, we could all take oh, our turns right. doing it. Or like you had kind of commented too, like come up with your own way to take it. Like I do like the Scott Hall where you just go like to the one knee and just. <laughs> <laughs> and then go flying like... back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I yes. always loved it. Just jump, jump straight back. I I loved it, and you know, not to be anticlimactic, but there's not a whole lot you can add to it. I think Stunner is, yeah. you know, a lot yeah. of people. So I am just going to do a horrible segue into a little bit of stuff on Twitter. A question here. I'll just answer this one real quick. Uh, this one's from Brad. He asks, is Dave Meltzer real or a figment of all of our imaginations and a made-up character? LOL, you never know who is behind that keyboard. Uh, well, I'm going to touch on this one. <laughs> First <laughs> this of all, uh, he actually, is real. Hashtag actually. Oh, sorry. Actually, he is real. Um, I don't know exactly what the point of this question is, to be honest with you. But I am going to quickly say that Dave Meltzer, who is like the top reporter and breaks all the behind the scenes news of like, you know, who's turning, who's leaving the company, all these things. I will just say he's kind of had a bad few months. Not only a lot of his stories have either been untrue, but he's kind of dipping his toe into like speculating and almost doing the shock jock kind of stuff. Um, recently, he mentioned um, he questioned one of the girls' weight. And the girl's like 100 pounds and obviously is stunning and looks, you know, amazing. And he had mentioned something like not so good about her and then mentioned another one. Someone's getting like older and, you know, just not stuff you should probably be commenting on. And then a lot of people have called him out in the company to pretty much shut his mouth. And his recent one was, you know, he didn't say it, and he kept backtracking, and he somewhat apologized for it, but he keeps insinuating that Roman Reigns' leukemia is not real and all this other stuff when it absolutely is. Sure. And he's gone back on it and changed his story a bunch. But either way, he's not had a good uh, few months, I'll just say that. But otherwise, he has been in the business for 30 years. He has broken a million stories. So otherwise, he's fine. But when he starts speculating and, you know, rambling like I tend to do, that's where he kind of loses it. If he just sticks to reporting news, he's actually more hit than this. So I, I'm going to quickly move on from that. Are you going to fill out a resume? Are you going to get like an application ready for when he <laughs> when he finally messes up bad enough? You're going to go for that spot, or what are you thinking? Um, I don't really break stories, but I <laughs> do, you know, get some things on occasion, but nothing worth mentioning. So. Sure. The next one, I don't know how to pronounce it, Mr. Coop, Mr. Coops, I have no idea, but this is the question we're kind of going to focus on before uh, heading on out. It just says, who do you see as uncrowned champions, why they deserved it, and why they haven't been crowned? Um, I'm not sure if this is what he means, but I'm going to assume or kind of turn it into my own topic of, you know, the best non-champs ever, like who has been a Hall of Famer, who's the greatest at whatever but for whatever reason was never 
you know, the world champion. So, Matt, do you have any people you want to mention? I have, I have a couple, and, you know, Roddy Piper and okay. uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, right? But All right, uh, yeah. go ahead. I had, I had to look into this a little bit, too. I did see the comment, and I, I was scrolling, and I saw Dean Malenko on the list. Okay, you know, that's I, a good one. I, and I, I tried to think, too, though, you know, because are they talking just specifically WWE? You know, I, I was trying to piece it all together that way, so... I, I that could, is true. I could kind of see why Dean doesn't get a push, you know, when, when when he comes over. But what are your thoughts? What do you think? Um, I'm going to take it one by one, I guess. Jake the Snake, I think he is, I mean, Bray Wyatt with the whole Fireflies thing and all that. He got a run with the WWE title, but it was only a month. And I just think he's one of those characters where, you know, almost like Braun Strowman. He doesn't really even need to be the champion. He's a monster. and right. Like, what do you even do with them as champion? There's, you know, just make them kill everyone for a year. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do there. And the, the sad part about Roddy Piper, um, he was in the Hulk Hogan era. Yeah. And, you know, when they're selling out buildings through the 80s and, you know, doing 93000 at WrestleMania and the Pontiac and Silverdome and, you know, record-breaking business every month with, you know, Macho Man and Andre and all these guys – you know, you could argue that Hogan could have made more money chasing the heel champion Piper, but, you know, I'm under the uh, the old saying of if it's not broke, you don't fix it. So, I mean, how can you argue Hogan is champion and bringing all the mainstream attention and all that and then saying, yeah, let's change it up, you know? Doesn't... I think, well, that that's a really good point. T- timing is how much of it. And you're trying to tell a story. Yeah, I mean, and Hogan's, you know, bringing all the money, making millions, you know, just doing all this huge business, and then someone suggests, well, hey, we should do something else. Right. You know, it'd be like, what? What are you talking about? So it'd be like if someone went in and, like, blew up the Patriots system in the NFL, it'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, why don't we do what we're doing and win more Super Bowls? Oh, that's another good comparison, too. Look at how many how many quarterbacks are have gone without rings just through that you know the past couple decades here right exactly and then the Patriots whatever reason they have their system and they do it and sure enough look who's there every single year yeah they just keep doing what they're doing you know somebody's not going to come in and say hey let's change everything we've ever done in the past let's do it my way now (laughs) what are you talking about dude yeah (laughs) what are you talking about yeah and the Dean Malenko part I think he was just I think in like 97 like back to Dave Meltzer I think it was him or somebody, I think, gave him wrestler of the year of, you know, everybody and all the companies of all the promotions around the world. So he's gotten his respect. It was just, yeah. you know, I don't want to put this size, but, you know, he was the light heavyweight champion a lot. And he just wasn't going to, especially when he was in the radicals with, you know, Eddie Guerrero, who, right. you know, was frankly better than him in every way. So if anyone was going to get anything out of that group when they came over to WWF at the time, you know, it was going to be Eddie Guerrero, who he did eventually get the world title. So I'm going to mention two guys real quick. Uh, one for the 90s, a lot of people mention Owen Hart. Sure. Obviously, everybody knows how that tragically happened and he passed away. But, you know, the problem with that was kind of the Piper situation of, you know, timing. Because if Owen Hart gets the title, that means there's no Bret Hart title. And right. if there's no Bret Hart title, that means there's no Shawn Michaels as champion. Right, and if there's no Shawn Michaels, well, then that means Stone Cold never gets his run. No, that's a great point too, and yeah, you got to look at the timing and 
who who you're trying to give a push. You know how how you give two three guys a, a push really. Right, and it's something like you know however many guys are in the company. Well, there can only be one champion, so that means ninety nine percent of these guys, you know, they're just not going to be champion. As much as that sucks, and it's the same with college. I think it's like five percent or something go on to the NFL. Yeah, and then it's like. 30% of those guys last more than five years. Right. So it's like, you know, yeah. the statistics just don't, you can't have everyone as champion. Right. And that's a great point too. And you almost see them like with the elimination chamber, you know, where the, like they're filling it up with these guys, you know, you know, and the, you have these, these higher tier wrestlers. Right. But, exactly. Yeah. And then you, know, you can how, how many party. Go ahead. Oh, just, yeah. How many, how many people can you give a push on an honest push, you know, and have them be champion or, you know, I haven't seen a lot of positivity come from like the Jinder Jinder Mahal. Am I saying that right? Oh gosh, don't mention him. Well, sure, but you know what I mean. Like it's you know. Yeah, yeah. there's only two hours of TV. There's not ten hours. Not right. everyone all for twenty minutes for a promo. So yeah, you know the counter argument was always well Owen Hart could have been champion for a day or a pay per view, and that's true. But you know it wouldn't have you know changed his career anymore to say well now he's a world champion. Well okay, so what? Does anyone like look back and like sour on Piper? No, everyone says Piper is one of the greatest of all time. So right. nobody looks. And Kane got a world title run that lasted 24 hours in June of '98, and you know it, it pretty much became a punchline of his career. So to say, well, he could have been champion for a day. Well, that's just like padding his stats almost, just to pointlessly add a title to him that means nothing. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a good point to make. And then um, for I'm going to just quick mention one on uh, today's era is Drew McIntyre. Um, he was NXT champion, but I, I do not count that as a world title. Okay. So Drew McIntyre, he I call him the stud. He's going to do huge things. His new mission is to take out the Shield, which is Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. He took out Dean Ambrose on Monday night. And it's pretty much sending Dean Ambrose out of the company, if you believe rumors. And from what I understand, it's true. He is leaving the company. So that was almost like his storyline right off. Okay. And then Drew is setting his sights on the returning Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Sure. And in my mind, Seth Rollins will beat Brock Lesnar for the title at Mania. And then I believe Drew, win or lose against Reigns, I believe Drew will then set his sights on the third and final member of the Shield, Seth Rollins, for the title. And I believe Drew McIntyre will be a champion, if not this year. It's got to be next year. I'm thinking, though, it's going to be this year, and it might be pretty soon. He's he's definitely the next top star coming. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good foresight. Is that the word we want to... That is the word we're going to use. That is the word we are going to exit this out on for a quick little plug here. Once again, you are listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, YouTube. And please, please, please do not forget, everybody, to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. Give us great reviews. Tell everybody how much you love us. And, Mr. Matty, is there any plugs you'd like to give yourself quick? Oh, no. Nah. Just if you guys feel like hitting the hitting up our NRW just for, you know, good a good laugh or probably some memories of your own when you used to wrestle in the backyard and just that that taste of childhood again. And, uh, yeah, otherwise hit me up on Twitter, Mr. Matty Moses. 
you'll be able to find me on most platforms that way. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. And you know, like Justin brought up, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, all that stuff helps. You know, just get this stuff to more people. Let us know what you think. I concur. I agree. So with that thoughts, until next time, enjoy the show.